Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. podcast. Today's episode features David Gabrick as he speaks about apathy. If you'd like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, email us at info at globalmissionsinc.org. This has been on my mind for quite a while, and uh, and I just pray that the things that I, that will be said that that we take them as a bit of a warning to all of us, uh, but that we take it that uh, such that we can grow grow in the Lord rather uh, than than uh, uh, go backwards. But if I was to make a statement to you tonight. Uh, a statement such as that we have a, a thief in our in our midst, or that this thief is on the fringes. Would anybody want to guess what that thief is? And don't look at each other, <laughs> because I can assure you it's not a, not uh, to a person to to the side of you or the other side. Anyone want to take a take a? Take a guess at that. Who this thief is? Jealous. I'm sorry. Jealous. You know what? Both my hearing aids, the batteries are dead, <laughs> and so I'm not, I'm not quite picking it up. But Lucifer. Lucifer. Okay. Anyone else want to? Uh, okay. Pride. All right. There's another one? Time. Okay. Uh, those are not the words I was thinking of, so I'm going to give you mine. <laughs> to me, uh, this is, this thief is called apathy. And, um, I read, a, I read an account that a couple of years ago, there was an article in the American newspaper that suggested that greater than 46% of believers had an attitude of apathy, of spiritual indifference. And the scriptures refer to it as apostasy. And uh, what does that mean? It means questioning God, question his plan and his purpose, Trying to change what is, uh, what his plan and purpose is, and it should be in your mind. Maybe even questioning his existence. Is he really alive? Questioning the teachings of Christ and through the Gospels. A so what attitude? Is it worth living a Christian life? These are all things of, of apathy, and. And I want to read from Deuteronomy chapter 8, but before we get to that, in that chapter, Moses warns the children of Israel against this problem. This, But the children were just getting ready to cross the Jordan to, to claim the promised land that, that God had promised them. But he promises, he promised prosperity to the children of Israel if they would obey his commandments. And 
But, but Moses warns the children of Israel to be careful. While God promises prosperity, mankind has a way of thinking in time that maybe something I did. And they forget about the Lord. And that's where apathy came in. And the children of Israel experienced that. And this, this warning had some fatal consequences, and, and we'll read about those. But Moses at that time charged them to keep and do all the commandments God had handed down through, through him, through, through Moses. And that was to reverence God, to be in submission to his authority, to be in obedience in their attitude, to remember what God did for them when he brought them out of Egypt. And to experience of being the, the experience of being disciplined and maturing uh, through through our, that journey, the spiritual journey that 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 we are on. Israel, they were on a journey that that uh, took them through the wilderness, but uh, was, but they were making ready to enter the promises that God had. So, if you turn with me to to uh, chapter 8 in Deuteronomy. It's a short chapter, so I just want to read all of it. And I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, and it says, Be careful to obey all the commands I I am giving to you today. Then you will live and multiply, and you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you or, and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone, rather We live by every word that comes from the word of the Lord. For all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't blister or swell. Think about it. Just as parents disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. So, obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water, with fountains and springs that gush out of the valleys and the hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, and pomegranates, and of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is as common as stone, and copper is as abundant in the hills. And when you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. But verse 11 is a bit of a sobering thought. But that is a time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands. I would suggest to you that that is when apathy can set in. 
For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at the time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your, Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful. In order to fulfill the covenant, he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. But I assure you of this, if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, worshiping and bowing down to them, you will certainly be destroyed, just as the Lord has destroyed other nations in your path you also will be destroyed if you refuse to obey the Lord your God. Now, that's, that is a very, very harsh warning, very harsh consequence if we forget, forget the Lord. We take an indifferent attitude. Uh, you know, Brother Sunbow was, was talking about these aphids and cutworms and caterpillars that, that will just gobble up the forage. And as he was telling us these things, it, it came to me, it just seemed that that's part of the apathy. Uh, an aphid eating up, and, and we let it, we, we let him uh, get away with that, and, and causing a possibility that we'd be separated from the vine. And we, and we don't want that to happen. And, and Moses was warning the children of Israel about this possibility that could happen. And it was a warning as long as they obeyed the Lord and, and was in obedience to him, reverence to the Lord, God, that he would promise them good. But to the children of Israel of old, we can even liken that to our walk with our Savior, where God promised a salvation to us, and that's outlined in the Gospels that, we, that Christ uh, teaches us in the New Testament. A spiritual Israel. Christ is the new Canaan. He is the promised Savior. He's planted with, the, with trees of righteousness. And he is bearing fruit of the fruit of the Spirit, which we heard this morning again that the fruit of the Spirit is all embodied in, in Christ. And it's an experience that where nothing is wanting, and we have a fulfillment of joy, we can have peace, and, and all those things that uh, the fruit of the Spirit re- represents. And, and Moses describes this prom- uh, prosperous land of Canaan to Israel, that what Israel would find. And we can find ourselves in a state where when we've accepted the salvation of Christ, that, that, uh, that, that's a renewal in us. And as was said this morning, when we accept Christ, we are tapped into the vine. 
But if we let the things of the world influence us and we develop an attitude of apathy, we can be, we can be purged from the vine. And that is not something we want. In time, you know, we can, we, we can become satisfied with our state. We can become satisfied with where we are. And, and uh, we, we live in a pretty affluent society. I'm sure everyone would agree with that. And often when we are in a state like that, we can allow apathy to set in. And when we allow that, that, that indifference, then, then we're on a pretty slippery slope. And we, we need to be really careful. And, and these are the, just warnings for us. And the Lord has placed these things in front of us so that, so that we can pay attention to those things. Because in those last two, cha- two verses that I read, that if we forget the Lord and take him out of our lives, the consequences are pretty, pretty severe. And, and the Lord is looking for those who will continue to grow in him, fellowship, increase our fellowship, uh, worship him, that, that are willing to be vessels for, for him, uh, for his purpose. So apathy, according to Webster Dictionary, means a lack of interest, and I've said some of these things already, but impassive, indifference, unconcern, a complacency. And I'll ask a question, but you don't have to raise your hands. You ever come to a state like that sometime? You just uh, don't really care anymore, or, or you know, your your spiritual life has become lackadaisy, and it could be for for a whole lot of different reasons. But to a believer, it simply means there's a lack of interest in our spiritual growth, in our spiritual walk. It is an attitude of indifference and unconcern. In uh, recent surveys concerning problems confronting the churches, they find that apathy or indifference tops the list of major concerns and, and has a major effect on attendance of, of the churches. There's a, there tends, there's a declining uh, attendance in the major churches of being experienced. And it's not just by young people, it's by all ages. And in, in all denominations or non-denominational churches. But this move of the Spirit, although it all, I, uh, I, was not, I was born into it, this move of the Spirit is, is, is a progressive, it's a, grow, it's a, it's a growing maturity that, that we need to, to follow the Lord in and, and not get caught up. In in uh, in a in a state of di- of uh, of unconcern, we should always be concerned in our spiritual walk with the Lord. So, as I was just pondering these things, I I asked my question: So, what is so wrong with apathy? I mean, I'll just you know just I'll play on the fringes for a while, and you know maybe come back in, and and uh, and things will be all fine. Well, for number one, apathy will destroy a congregation. It'll destroy a church. 
and in a multi-membered body ministry, every member must contribute. And if we are in a state of apathy, any one of us, then we are not putting into action the gifts and the ministries that the Lord has given us. And it is very important that that uh, everyone hears from the Lord what their gifts and ministries are through the laying on in the hands of the presbytery, through prophecy and prayer, for a purpose, so that God can then use your gifts and ministry to, uh, to add to the church, to minister to the needs of the church. And if we are in a state of apathy, that kind of, that kind of just goes to the wayside. And, and we don't, we're not active like we should be. And that can, that can very much kill, a, kill a, a congregation, destroy it. Every member receives spiritual gifts, and God needs us, each one of you, to put those gifts to practice, to put them in action. And to do that requires that, our, that we are in fellowship with the Lord, that we are in tune with what he is telling us by his Holy Spirit. And to do that means that we have to pay attention uh, to, to our spiritual growth. And if we don't do that, then, then we are not, we're not opening the door for the Lord to come in and, and show us. So we, we need to take the focus off of ourselves, Because when apathy sets in, it, the, the focus shifts back to me. What's, what's uh, exciting for me? What's important to me? And, and we need to, to uh, check that. And apathy will do that. And, and then the church suffers because of that. Now, uh, this, you, you can, uh, the spiritual gifts are outlined in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, but neglecting our responsibilities to put our spiritual gifts into action, then we are, have that state of indifference, that uh, we have allowed apathy to, to enter into our spiritual walk. And then it discourages those who are maybe spiritually weak in our congregation. And it, and it encourages others who may unknowingly be experiencing apathy to just continue on in that, because no one really cares. In 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. So stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you are wise by this world's standards, you need to become a fool to be truly wise. That's in the New Living Translation. The New King James says, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seem to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. So, if we think we we are smarter than God, I would suggest to you that's a, a state of apathy that we've put ourselves before the Lord. And and what is being uh, told to us in here in First Corinthians is that we really need to decrease our 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 self focus to the point that. Uh, 
that then we would become wise because we allow the Holy Spirit to to uh, work through us. And Paul is telling this to the Corinthian church, to telling them to be on guard and not to be deceived by the influence of the world. And much of the influence of the world of the world is is the focus is on me, focuses on what's what's it, what's it, what's in it for me. But apathy is is what will destroy that. So another thing that's wrong with apathy is that it causes the spiritual needs to go unmet in the in the church in the body of Christ, and these spiritual needs may be your own, or spiritual needs of other members in the congregation. It may even be spiritual needs of those who who are lost, who who have been uh, know the Lord, but have chosen to turn from Him. And the point where we have accepted Christ into our lives is that starting point where we, we gain that maturity and getting, and, and, and getting tapped into the vine. And, and that's where we want to strengthen that, 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 that connection to the vine uh, that uh, we heard of this morning. And part of that spiritual growth and, and, and the evidence of, it, of spiritual growth is, is the manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit. And, and we heard what those are. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control or temperance. And without the spiritual growth, apathy sets in and will cause the spiritual needs of the body of Christ to go unmet. And that's not what the Lord wants. He wants his body to grow. He wants, he wants growth. He wants to see a maturity. A third thing that apathy will do is it will destroy your, your sincerity in worship when you're worshiping the Lord. In John 4, 24 it says, uh, New Living Translation, But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And this is the acceptable way to worship God, whether it's in the church service or your personal devotions. That is the way we are to worship the Lord in spirit and truth. And by doing that, we focus on him and, 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 and not on an indifferent approach to, to what he, he means to us. In, in many times in the church service, we ask God to bless our time of fellowship because we know what the anointing is like and we have felt it and we want uh, that anointing. But if we are in a state of, of just indifference, then we, we're, we're, we're missing a, a tremendous blessing. In 2 Corinthians three sixteen to 18 but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. If we allow this indifference to take 
root in our in our lives, it stagnates that growth. It stagnates the movement of the Spirit in our lives. And we miss that promise to be changed into his, that glorious image that, uh, that he would like us to take on more and more as Christ was. And when we worship God, he wants our full attention and concentration. So why would he want our full attention and concentration? It is because that through that worship, he reveals to us, little by little, what his plan and purpose is for us, but what his plan and purpose is for the church so that we can fit our ministry and our gifts and and be ready as a vessel waiting and and able to deliver the things that uh, he would like us to deliver. In song worship, we concentrate on the words of the songs we sing and we sang some very, uh, very uplifting songs this evening. And song can do that to you. It can, up, it can lift you up. And if you are here and you're not singing and, and, and you're just really not interested, then you're missing a blessing. The anointing is there, but, it, but by, by staying under that and, and just removing yourself, you're missing a blessing. And the church needs you to, to have full attention, give full attention to the Lord. So in our services, we sing these songs of worship, and we praise the Lord. And we are encouraged to, to hear what the prophecies are being said. And putting those prophecies, uh, those, those things that have been said into action, into our lives. And listening to the prayers and being very much part of what is partake, being, part, uh, being happening in the service because that is where the Lord is and we, we want to be in submission to what he, is, what he wants us to do. And we want to be ready to enter into the movement of his Holy Spirit and be ready to give to the congregation what he has placed on our hearts. And to do that, you need to spend time with him between Sundays or between services, and just so that he know, that you know uh, what he he's uh, stirring in your heart, revealing things to you. But if this indifference or this apathy is present, you're likely going to experience falling asleep. Nobody falls asleep in service, do? I'm not, I, I, and I don't say that to, to be critical. I, I really don't. But if, uh, if we're just indifferent and we're not paying attention, uh, that's one of the things we do. We, we kind of just drift off. And when we drift off, are you hearing? I don't know, subconsciously maybe we are. But I suspect we probably aren't hearing everything that we should be hearing. Or we become daydreaming or wishing that we were elsewhere. Or maybe texting, checking our emails. Does anybody do that in service? You don't have to put your hands up because I know they'll all go up. <laughs> or maybe uh, just other distractions that uh, 
that come our way. And, you know, the enemy is good at, at uh, those t- type of distractions. Uh, he's had lots of years of experience in doing that. And he knows how to get to us. But another reason why apathy is, is so dangerous is that it puts God second in our life or we take him right out of our lives. And that can happen very subtly and then, boom, you're just doing other things where you probably shouldn't be and you know you shouldn't be. However, uh, the enemy has convinced you that you don't, you don't, have, to, you don't have to be there. It means we allow something else to take priority over God. It might be an idol. It might be some material things. It might be wealth. It might be uh, some movement you're interested in that takes you away from, from the Lord. Letting other things get in the way of fellowshipping with, with the fellow Christians, attending church, making excuses to be elsewhere, doing all those things. And, and you, you can judge that on your own if, if that is a problem. And if it is, just ask yourself, uh, have I allowed apathy to, to get in there? Am I becoming indifferent? I, I, I so what attitude? Uh, that type of thing. Harsh as this sounds, I think it's good for us to check our check ourselves from time to time what that our spiritual walk is. Where where are we? Where are we are in a walk? Are we actually maturing, or are we not? And you would know. The Holy Spirit will make that known to you if you ask Him. In Revelation three uh, fourteen to twenty two is was a message to to the Laodicean church, and. The church was accused of being lukewarm and uncommitted. Now, Laodicea, as uh, just read a little bit of history on it, was part of the Roman Empire, known as Asia. It was a fortified city, one of the seven churches in Asia Minor at that time in history. It experienced economic prosperity and social dominance, prominence. It became extremely wealthy, self-sufficient, we don't need help from anybody. And they were noted for their, their pride and self-sufficiency. Much like Israel was when they went through, when they experienced prosperity in the promised land. And in time, they forgot about God who gave them this prosperity. And as humans, we begin to think, we did it. Pride sets in and we become self-focused. And that the spirit of apathy, that spirit of indifference settles in. So we should examine, I encourage you to examine your spiritual walk regularly. Ask those hard questions, the ones that are really tough, such as, do I attend church services regularly or do I make excuses to be elsewhere? And I'm just throwing these questions out. Or do I take time to worship God daily in personal devotions? Or do I even have personal devotions? Am I prepared to contribute to the service? Am I a contributing member of, of, the, of the service? And to do that requires me to be prepared before, that, before the service. 
Do I read my Bible and spend time in prayer? Do I do this every day? And do I participate wholly in the wholly in the uh, Sunday service? Do I sing uh, the the songs? Do I am I ready? Is my heart ready to, to prophesy if the Lord moves that way, or to pray for someone, or pray for a situation, or stand ready to to uh, contribute because the Lord is using you, needs you as a vessel to continue for the church to grow, for that assembly to grow. In Romans 12, 9 and 11, it says, Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection, and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. And I have to ask myself the question, am I doing that? Are we, as believers, or uh, followers of Christ, do we, are we allowing ourselves to become kind of that lukewarm, that lukewarm feeling, disinterested or not, not committal to our spiritual walk? And apathy will be prevalent in the last days, and that's, that is recorded in the scriptures. And if that is, uh, we just have to be guard against that in the movement of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, we stifle the movement of the Holy Spirit. We don't want to do that. In Luke 21, uh, verse 36 says, Watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing in drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Don't let the day catch you unaware like a trap. For that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Keep alert at all times. And pray that you might be strong enough to escape those coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. That's an encouragement. It's a warning for us that we, that we, can, uh, that we can take in our hearts. So what can we do to overcome this apathy or this spiritual indifference? There are, there are, there are things we can do. And what cures apathy is, is a genuine and a, a repentant heart. If you've asked these questions and the answer is yes to any of them, the Lord does not condemn us, but that he'll reach out his hand, we take his hand, and we repent of our, and, and ask him to give us that desire, that, that energy to, to renew our relationship with the Lord and have that fellowship. In 2 Corinthians 7.10, it says, For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow. But worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. Just see what this godly sorrow produced in you. Such earnestness, such concern to clear yourselves, such indignation, such alarm, such longing to see me, such zeal, and such a readiness to punish wrong, you show that you have done everything necessary to make things right. So we can all, we always have the opportunity to make things right. Knowing God's word and drawing on that knowledge, ask him for help in reading his word. 
ask help, uh, the help of the Holy Spirit to show you these things. Ask him through prayer and to create that desire to renew that spiritual walk and that experience. Psalm 51, Very everyone knows that. It's, there is a song. Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence. And don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And make me willing to obey you. Verse 17 goes on to say, The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. And that repentant heart is a huge step to overcoming this apathy that I was talking about. So, we can wake out of our our spiritual slumber and sleep. We can motivate ourselves by just renewing that relationship we have with the Lord. And don't let the enemy... Uh, try and convince you that it doesn't matter. It does. The Lord wants you to give yourselves wholly to him. Pray for a renewed desire, a new zeal, and, and, and uh, increase your faith by putting into action the gifts and the ministries that he's given you. I, I suspect from, you know, we, we all want to know what, the Lord has for us in our gifts and ministries, and we welcome the time when that happens. But I wonder how often we just then uh, forget about it. We we've heard it, but then we don't do too much about it. And and if if you find yourself caught, kind of caught in that, there is a way out, and and that is through that that that. Uh, that repentance avenue that the Lord has made available. <clears throat> now, um, apathy is that is 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 a barrier of putting into action our spiritual gifts, and I've mentioned that. But we are to, if we are to desire, which is a crucial in, in, uh, ingredient for us to desire to renew. Uh, our relationship with the Lord, grow into a deeper fellowship with him, and he's he's always there to help us. And he knows what's in our heart. He knows what our, maybe what our priorities are. But if we can line up our will with his will, then, then, then he has something he can help us through in all these things. In Luke 10, 27 to 28, it says, A man answered, You must live the Lord your God with, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And, and this is what we are to do. This is what the Lord will have us to do. And to, to desire to uh, help, have the Lord help us in our ministry, because we are we all get to be pretty busy people, and it's not always easy to uh, do the things that we think that the Lord is telling us to do, or we're so busy that we can't hear what He's saying. 
So the key to curing this apathy or this indifference comes from within. Comes from within our hearts. And we should invite the Holy Spirit to help us renew that desire and ask God to restore that joy of that salvation as outlined in Psalm 51. I want to uh, read something I almost feel like, uh, with all due respect, Brother Oldridge, when he would try and find something. I thought I had it marked, but I'll, I'll get it pretty quick here. I want to read something that I read recently. Um, <laughs> wouldn't you know it? And I've read this before, but it, it kind of told me a little, a little bit as well about the experience of this one person that... He was experiencing apathy, and uh, and someone came into his life. Have you ever heard the story about the shoe man? No? I know I've read it before, but let me read it, and may the, the Lord just give us the message that we can hear. This is called the shoe man. I showered and shaved. I adjusted my tie. I got there and sat in a pew just in time, bowing my head in prayer. As I closed my eyes in prayer, I saw the shoe of a man next to me. Touching my own, I sighed. With plenty of room on either side, I thought, why must our souls touch? It bothered me, his shoe touching mine, but it didn't bother him much. A prayer began. Our Father, I thought, this man with his shoes has no pride. They're dusty, worn, and scratched. Even worse, there are holes on the side. Thank you for blessings, the prayer went on. The shoe man said, a quiet amen. I tried to focus on the prayer, but my thoughts were on his shoes again. Aren't we supposed to look our best when walking through that door? Well, this certainly isn't it, I thought, glancing toward the floor. Then the prayer was ended, and the songs of praise began. The shoeman was certainly loud, sounding proud as he sang. His voice lifted the rafters. His hands were raised high. The Lord could surely hear the shoe man's voice from the sky. It was time for the offering, and what I threw in was steep. I watched the shoe man reach into his pocket so deep. I saw what was pulled out, what the shoe man put in. Then I heard a soft clink, as when silver hits tin. The sermon really bored me to tears, and that's no lie. It was the same for the shoe man, for tears filled his eyes. At the end of the service, as is the custom here, we must greet new visitors and show them all good cheer. But I felt moved somehow and wanted to meet the shoe man. 
So after the closing prayer, I reached over and shook his hand. He was old and his skin was dark and his hair was truly a mess. But I thanked him for coming, for being our guest. He said, my name's Charlie. I'm glad to meet you, my friend. There were tears in his eyes, but he had a large, wide grin. Let me explain, he said, wiping tears from his eyes. I've been coming here for months, and you're the first to say hi. I know that my presence, or my appearance, is not like all the rest, but I really do try to always look my best. I always clean and polish my shoes before my very long walk. But by the time I get here, they're dirty and dusty like chalk. My heart filled with pain, and I swallow to hide my tears as he continued to apologize for daring to sit so near. He said, when I get here, I know I must look a sight, but I thought if I could touch you, then maybe our souls might unite. I was silent for a moment, knowing whatever was said would pale in comparison. I spoke from my heart, not my head. Oh, you've touched me, I said, and taught me in part that the best of any man is what is found in his heart. The rest, I thought, the shoe man will never know, like just how thankful I really am that his dirty old shoe touched my soul. You are special to me, and you have made a difference in my life. This is a bit of a story of Two people, one experiencing a little bit of apathy, right? Indifference, coming to church just because he has to. And another one who wants to grow in the Lord, just irrespective of how he's viewed. But that person changed, this one who had an indifference to being in church. And maybe that's a challenge for all of us. Are we a blessing to those in our assemblies, blessing to those in the church? Or do we have to make some changes? The choice is ours. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Global Missions, Inc. podcast. For more information, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.